Hello, you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 98, Wombats and Whimsy. Enjoy the show. I'm Rosie. I'm Jessica. And you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. I'm in a different location. I come down. Yes, you are. I'm like directly below. No, I'm not directly below where I usually am. That's a lie. If I were in the next room, I would be. I can understand locations. Good, good. Special awareness is important. Yes, I'm in the kitchen because I've been baking. What have you been baking, Rosie? I've been making fairy cakes for my friend Kat's birthday tonight. Very nice. Fairy cakes, not cupcakes. Crucial differentiation. Thank you, yes. Um, uh, because I had three eggs and I thought I know exactly what I can do with that. Perfect. Perfect ratios. Very much so. That's what I've done today, and I've just eaten some mackerel. Oh, lovely. I'm not saying those are the high points of my day, but those are the high points <laughs> of my day thus far. You know, mackerel's, uh, mackerel's nice. I didn't get the two confused and put mackerel in the fairy cakes, though. But someone someone must have done that. Not confusedly, maybe on purpose, but Heston Blumenthal's made fish cakes before. Not fish cakes, obviously. Fish cakes are a real thing. It sounds like the sort of thing you get in a, uh, a chapter book for seven to nine-year-olds about like really gross food. We're like, oh, you've got Yeah, mackerel. and the illustration would be a fish tail sticking yeah. out of the, yeah, yeah. Or a little fish head going, oh. Or both, indicating that the fish is probably cut in half. <laughs> <laughs> like um, like uh, Beano bangers and mash. Yes. With a big pile of mashed potatoes. And an inexplicably large number of, um, or an improbably large number of sausages. If you really think about it, like no one's going to eat that for their tea. Challenge! Look at the inside of that fairy cake. That is, that is lovely. Yeah. That's a beautiful texture. Mary Berry would be proud. Rosie's testing it as we speak. Well, as I speak, Rosie's eating. I forgot I'm recording. Yep. Solid move. I'm so gross. <laughs> oh, and now follows an edit. It's fine. It's fine. How's tricks? How's tricks? Yeah, good. Tricking. Tricking. Um, tricking. Star. Tricking. No. Um, yeah, I went to see Wonder Woman. Really good. I liked it. I thought it was good. Have you seen it? Uh, no, I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet, um, but I would really like to. I saw a really good thread, uh, which is a costume lady you would appreciate, about why the armour was designed as it was. Oh, well, I would like you to send that to me and also include it in what have we seen this week? What have we seen this yeah, week? Yeah, but then what if I was like, finding it? Oh, God. But it was by the Linda Carter and the um, failed David E. Kelly, Adrian Pelecki pilot from the noughties. Their Wonder Woman costumes are based on, like, sexy lingerie and fetish wear basically and the yeah. um although it's very stylized for uh diana's in everyone uh, especially all the other what are they amazons. called amazons uh, all the other amazons are especially um very much based on classic roman armor and it's layered strips of leather yes and like her boots are like roman greaves and stuff and it's all yeah yeah i spotted that it was all very classical yes and it wasn't just like Oh, sexy ladies and leotards, which is something we will come to later in this episode. <laughs> it was very sacking of Troy. Uh, I came to see you this weekend with our parents. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah not just by yeah. myself. Um, we had a, a lovely Sunday. Mm-hmm. You made us lunch. Yes. And then we went to the Red House. We went to the Red House, which is a National Trust property, which uh, was the home of William Morris, noted wallpaper Paper designer. <laughs> purveyor of fine wall coverings it was good and it says there was a wombat trail but actually there were only two wombats around so apparently you have to go for the actual like family wombat trail every month or whatever i'm not disappointed 
She was totally disappointed. I was told there would be wombats, right? And then I saw two wombats really early on. I was like, these adorable, cuddly wombats. I'm going to be spotting them all over the shop and the house. You could buy them in the shop. And then there were only two. And I was like, this is miserable. I'm so sad. All I wanted to do was find wombats. And they used up all of their wombats within the first empty rooms. And I wanted wombats. And then one of the main reasons I said, we don't need to go back to the shop as we were leaving was because I was 95% sure I would buy one of the wombats. (laughs) <laughs> I, that's um yeah that's very um, measured and sensible i'm trying to make great decisions good for you good for you i had a cream tea and then we came back and we you had made a cake and so we had yep. a cake and we watched ratatouille well we watched, we watched a bit of ratatouille I, I would say we watched over half i was leaving just as they were getting drunk maybe it wasn't over half. yeah it was about 45 minutes i think okay and i watched a couple of pixar shorts oh yes i watched lava and Riley's first date. And I really liked Lava, but I objected to the design of the female volcano. Yeah, that's what I thought, because like the, the male volcano is a volcano with a face on it. And then the lady volcano The female is like, volcano is sexy. a volcano that looks that looks like a woman. Yeah, I wanted it to be another volcano. But with volcano. lava coming out of her head. Yeah, and like she's got hair done by the moss. But then would we also have been annoyed if she was exactly the same as the other volcano, but just with a, <laughs> with a lava bow? <laughs> I mean, I would have appreciated them leaning into the trope with that. I just wanted it to look like the other volcano instead of like, oh, well, she's a lady volcano, so she's got to be sexy. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't the, the Ms. Pac-Man uh, a sort of like trope kind of where the male is the normal and the female is the deviation. It was um, sitcom, sitcom husband, hot wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It didn't make any sense. And like, huh, just want to see out some craggy old ladies. And it's a real shame because I loved it so much and it has such a nice song and I was nearly on the verge of tears, but I didn't cry because I was so angry. <laughs> Story of my life, am I right? But then we got to watch Ratatouille's. I don't know if I ever mentioned it, but I love Ratatouille's. But... The weekend before, I went out to a new milkshake place where I live and had a milkshake with a donut on top. That sounds delightful. Which is like a trendy thing. Some people call them freak shakes. It wasn't quite like that because freak shakes are like a milkshake with your donut on top with like whipped cream and then like biscuits coming off and sprinkles and glitter and like a small firework. Um, Mine was (laughs) a milkshake with a donut on top with the straw poking through, but it was still really impressive. And for something that was mint chocolate chip milkshake, whipped cream and a donut, like was surprisingly not, you'd expect to eat it and then be like, I've died. Yeah, you'd think oh, you'd have a few mouthfuls and it would be amazing and then you'd really, really regret your life choices. No, nope, finished it and was like, feel great, that was so delicious, let's go charity shopping Caitlin, which is what I was doing. You bought Caitlin in a charity shop? <laughs> I did, that's where I got all my friends. <laughs> I didn't, I bought a frock and a glittery bow tie. Very good, I've seen the frock, it's very nice. Um, and have you seen the, the, like the, the natural progression of freak shakes, which is where the outside of the, it comes served in a mug. Sort of like in a like in a beer mug style of thing. So it's a very large like a stein. milkshake sized glass. Yeah, but yeah, kind of like a stein, so because you need the handle because then the the outside of it is decorated with buttercream and then it has stuff like stuff like sprinkles or like chocolate. I was going to say Smarties, but obviously the other candy so coated chocolates like a are kind available. Of rendering affair. <laughs> they've rendered. That is exactly what they've rendered. They've had they've had it plastered, kind of pebble dashed it with. I don't wish to be a negative Nancy, but that is unnecessary bullcrap of the highest order. A sort of biscuit, crazy paving up the side of it and like glitter and sweets and stuff. Even I think I you can get one with ones with like fruit on, but honestly, who would order that? I also, we had a heat wave. Also, I went <laughs> yeah. to tea with my friend Nikki and her baby and her dog because it was raining. It was the one day that it was really tipping down with rain and we had been going to go to the park, but we did not do that. 
I'm really sorry. I thought that anecdote was going to go on longer, so I ate more coke. And I, I, we played with toys. Dogs' toys or babies' toys? <laughs> babies' toys. <laughs> There's one where you put like the magnetic. You can stick it to the fridge because it's magnetic, and then it has a space where you can put the letters in, and it, it knows what. There's like, I, th- I worked out there were sort of divots along the bottom of each letter tile, and it can read what letter you've put in. So then when you press the the go button. It, it tells you how to... And there's a song that went with it. I can't remember what it was. So obviously it wasn't very educational. It tells you what how, how to pronounce that letter. Well, like, no offence, you probably don't need to remember the song because you know how to speak. Oh, I think it's in the same the same tune as The Farmer's, the farmers in His Den. This letter is called A. A goes A. A goes A. E-I-L-E-O. A goes A. Or something. Yes, there was a heat wave, and I did surprisingly well. Heatwave. On the most heatwavy day, not a real word, um, I slept for several hours in the afternoon, which was a really good choice. Then I decided now was the perfect time to get into Breaking Bad and watch three episodes of Breaking Bad. <laughs> no idea why. I think maybe with the day before, I decided I would watch Fargo because I would use it as like visual air conditioning. It's like, yes, it is snowing in North Dakota and uh, Minnesota. Thank you. I will pretend it is cold. And then the next day I was like, didn't work. Let's just lean in and watch Breaking Bad, which is set in the desert. It was real bleak. It was real bleak. So then I went downstairs, watched some bunheads and drank limoncello with my housemate. Better better decision. Better uh-huh. decision. Uh-huh. And the day after the heat wave, when we were like, it will be really great weather. And it was slightly less great weather. But we had a surprise picnic for my friend's birthday on a That's bandstand lovely. in Hampstead Heath. And we arrived early and decorated it. And she had no idea, even though uh, she was with somebody who had a, a cold bag full of picnic and was like, I know we're going out to dinner, but let's just walk through the park. Scurry, scurry, scurry. And still no idea what's happening. So that is good. And it was really fun. And we drank Prosecco in a bandstand. Whimsy, am I right? Whimsy, whimsy, loose whimsy. Love it. <laughs> loose whimsy. That is like the alternate world to loose women. What's the loose women? No, loose whimsy. I would watch loose whimsy every lunchtime. <laughs> I think we should we should market this. What channel do you think would pick that up? Um, more four. More four. Four. Mm, BBC four. If it did last. BBC show. four. BBC four. Loosh whimsy. Loosh whimsy. I got really into yoga this week. Okay, now that the warmth is over, yeah, I've been yeah. doing my Pilates sort of, but I'm not really doing the Pilates bits. I'm just doing the stretching because I realised I hadn't done it for several weeks, and then I decided to do the stretching again, and it was real bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no. um, I there's um, so I found a YouTube channel called uh, Yoga with Adrian, and she has a uh, loads and loads and loads of videos, um, and she does like a thirty day sort of series. Mm-hmm. So I did day one last week, and then I didn't do any for a few days. So then on Monday I did like a just a ten minute quick one because I didn't have very much time, and then I've done days two, three, four, and five for the rest of the week. Okay. Um, and by like day two or three, I was I was starting to feel it. But now, like day five, which is like technically the sixth one I've done in, in just over a week, feels good. I've obviously stretched through the, the, the lack of stretch that I had to start with. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. I want to get hench, but like my arm muscles, my arms are so weak that I can't even do any of the basic stuff that you would use to like build up the strength in the first place. Yeah, I yeah I get that. Um, but that has improved even in a week. Is that possible? Maybe I'm... Maybe I've developed lazy habits already. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. Um, For really good arms, can I recommend carrying a laundry basket full of um, costumes up five flights of stairs eight times a week? That works real well. I mean, that does involve quite a lot of change to my health, lifestyle, Daily routine, yeah. 
I mean, I could just fill laundry baskets full of Jersey Boys jackets and run up and down my own stairs. I've been using an app that I saw recommended on BuzzFeed, which I've recently made a few purchases entirely off the basis of internet recommendations, and two for two on great successes. Number one... Was one of them the Moroccan mitt, shower mitt? One of them was this exfoliating mitt that I am obsessed with, that I saw recommended in New York Magazine on Twitter. (laughs) And it is called Essence of Morocco, and it's this sort of oxblood red exfoliating mitt and I bag it's a bag it's like a little bag and you Rachel recommended it to me and then I got it now I'm like obsessed with it it's uh, oh my god it's amazing my skin I keep trying to make people touch my skin like my upper arms <laughs> um, but like shouting touch my upper arms at your friends is uh, questionable um, but it's so smooth it's so smooth so I got that <laughs> I can recommend um, I get no kickbacks off this and number two was the app done which is for habit building or quitting and um i spent 3.99 on the paid for version as i downloaded it because within about five minutes i realized i loved it and i have some things that i was using a to-do list app to tick off but this is better because it's doesn't sort of knock things off your list it builds it up as a habit so you can see these little streaks i've built up Oh, nice. So I can set that I want to do Pilates five out of seven days every week. And if I do that, it builds up as a little habit. Um, Does it have like a level of sort of accountability as well? Does it, is it, how does it work? Does it sort of share it with people? Or No, it doesn't do anything like that. But if I if you don't do it, then obviously you lose your streak. Like my Duolingo is currently yeah. a 19-day streak. And I know that you get streaks listening in Duolingo, but because I have it all in one app, I remember. You can, yeah, Rosie's showing me the, the app front page on the screen right now, and it's lots of little, it's like a little, lovely little coloured bar chart. Uh, it also reminds me, I have to take medication three times a day at the moment. Oh boy, is that something I need to track, because otherwise... Uh, <laughs> and also there was a point where I realised I'd just not taken any medication for like four days. And I was like, hmm. I feel why, like that's an error. Why is everything the worst? <laughs> it was because <laughs> of that! So I'm, I'm, I'm now using this app called Done, which was three ninety nine, and I love it. Thanks, BuzzFeed. I get the Very BuzzFeed good. DIY newsletter, and it is a mixture of, like, things you can, we tried in June, and most of them are terrible, but it's also, like, their home DIY and organising and crafty things. BuzzFeed is such a weird website. Like, some of it's really funny. I, I, I mean, God knows, everyone loves a listicle. Yeah. Some of it's really good, and some of it is, just, like, their investigative journalism, which I put in this strong, strong quotation marks some of it's just rubbish there was one that i read where one of them she was trying to drink more water like the the recommended daily amounts of water or more or something like yeah. that i don't remember what the amount was but she was trying to drink like a really really good amount of water for four weeks except in the middle of it like week two or like halfway between two and three she was also she was simultaneously doing another thing where she was vegan for a week yeah so that's not well that's not science that's not how science works do one then do the other but you have to go back to normal whatever you're doing normally in between what no they'll be like i tried this new diet for three days let me tell you what it was like at the end of it i'm like there are still elements of the old diet in your body (laughs) like when they're like "Mm, i tried this thing for six minutes and i can't and i can tell you that there's been no difference and you're like oh really no any weight and also it turns out baby food is really disgusting it's always baby food diet or is baby food (laughs) this is like super expensive and also cream spinach tastes really bad it's like i don't feel i've learned anything from this why are you telling me this 
I just want to read lists of things that every British school child from the 90s will remember and be like, yes, so we had those benches. With the yes. knobbly bits on the end, and it was really sad. And you turn them upside one. down and you have a balance beam. There you go. In the same vein as gloves, I strongly, strongly recommend a makeup remover cloth because they're like a microfiber cloth that takes off all of your makeup with just water. No need for cleansers. Mm, okay. You just wet it, rub it over your face, and it takes off all your eye makeup and everything. Like, it's amazing. Have you ever tried to take off your makeup with a wet flannel? Don't do nothing. Don't do nothing, mate. It just makes you look grubby. Yeah, it just just smushes. Just like, yeah. No, this, absolutely astonishing. And then you just rub in the washing machine, and then you just rub it over your face again. And it's, like, really good. And um, think of all the money you'd say, oh, that's what I forgot to buy. Cotton wool. Anyway, <laughs> think of all the money you save on cotton wool. Well, you've saved loads of money on cotton you, wool because you didn't well, I know, because, but you can't take off your nail varnish with uh, with this makeup remover thing. That's it. That's the only answer to it. So, um, so it was the Drag Race Season 9 final this weekend. So good. So Genuinely the best final they've ever done because they separated out the catch-up into a reunion episode, which I haven't watched because I hear it's terrible. Jessica has watched it. She said it was terrible. And yeah, there were just it just wasn't worth it. Yeah, it is it was... just as with all of them, really. It's just forty-five minutes of bitching. And um, but the final was done as two lip syncs for their lives, and then a final lip sync. And it wasn't entirely done on the lip sync, but um, that was so great. And there was a gif that came out of it that I watched genuinely about one hundred and fifty times in a 24-hour period. Was it Sasha Velour's week coming off? Yeah, there were a lot of really great reveals because they knew it was all going to be lip-syncing. And since Roxy Andrews did a wig reveal in season five, it has been reveals like what you t- bring to your um, lip-syncing if you want to make a an impact. And there was like just a lot, and it was great. And the winner was great. And the outfits were so good, and I love her so much. <gasps> okay. My song is Ain't She Sweet by The Beatles. Okay. Cool. Now we're going to do a timely review. A timely review? We're not reviewing something really old. No, because we've been doing late reviews recently, and then we watched... Thank you, I knew it had a real name. Reviews of things that happened a while ago. We've been doing late reviews. Some, like, ancient stuff. And now we're going to do a timely review of the Netflix series Glow. Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, which is based on the 80s TV show of the same name and this is a dramatised version of how the show was put together starring communities Alison Brie and Mark Maron of being Mark Maron fame. Uh, So it all went up on Netflix over the weekend and I've watched five episodes and Jessica's watched two episodes? I've actually watched four. I watched two more yesterday. Great times. Um, Two of, uh, that's of ten in total. Yes. And uh, first thing, pleasantly surprised to find it was a half hour show. Yeah, same. I thought, oh, it's going to be... This. The first episode is, I think, 13, 36 minutes or 39 minutes. It's very slightly longer, but generally it runs at about half an hour for an episode. Yeah, and uh, it's set in 1980s uh, Hollywood um, as a struggling actress Ruth, played by Alison Brie, returns to an unconventional show for her next performance. It's a bad description, but it's basically what happens. Um, and yeah. uh, what's really good is that though she's our protagonist, she's not actually a particularly... She's not very likable. She's not very likable, but it's really good because uh, as the show progresses, and in fact, from kind of the first episode, you realise, you know, anything about wrestling, all wrestlers need a good heel, which is the bad guy wrestler. Yep. I know next to nothing about wrestling, but I now Um, want to become a wrestler, and I've never wanted anything more, because it's just like getting real strong and wearing huge 
hair and really cool costumes and having a character. It's like cosplay, but getting to get out of all of my anger. And, yeah, body slam people into the ground. Oh, mate. Love it. <laughs> so I'm really enjoying it thus far. Yes, I've watched, I think, I think I've watched half of it now. It would be very easy just to plow on through, but I'm trying to measure it out like I did with the most recent series of Kimmy Schmidt. Because otherwise yeah, I watched wise. The, the second series of Kimmy Schmidt in 18 hours. Yeah. Um, I feel like it, it, not that I didn't like to start with, but I think it's grown on me. The first episode, I was like, okay, yep, good. Um, I'm also going to watch more of it, but I'm not, like, raving about it. Yeah. Um, but then yesterday I watched the third episode and thought, well, I'm going to have to watch the next one. Yeah. Which I didn't have with the first one. I, I actually, I, after the first one, I just let it autoplay into the next one, which was good. Um, but yeah, yes, I was like, yeah, I could go to bed. Nope, going to keep watching. I have a feeling so I did. that um, by the end of this first season, it's going to feel like kind of the origin story is done and you're going to be ready for the second season. I think that was it. There's, there's a lot of setup in the first in the first episode. Um, um, they're building their characters. It's sort of established, yes. For the wrestling, and obviously, like they're all learning to wrestle, and we haven't actually had any of the making the show being filmed yet, uh, where I've got to. Um, and so, I imagine uh, that as the series goes on, yeah, they'll kind of get to a point where it's all done, and then a second season can be like, right, well, these are actually the characters, let's do some wrestling. Yeah, that would be the hope. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I should become a wrestler. Okay, cool. Cool. Because they're basically like, they get drag names. They do. They, they right, get... I'm, I'm struggling to remember any of their. Um, real names apart from Ruth. Um, well, there's Melrose. Melrose, like yes, that's girl. true. That is her actual name. Debbie is playing the sort of main, the star of the wrestling show, um, and her her character is called Liberty Bell, and she's played by yep. Betty Gilpin, who's really good and who's Ruth's best friend. Uh, briefly, briefly. Yeah, I don't really know any of the characters' names because they're all. No, I'm. I can try to think of their. All I'm getting is their uh, wrestling names. Well, there's Sheila the She Wolf, and that. Sheila the She-Wolf and that is basically her name her um, name is Sheila um, Machu Picchu I really like and I can't remember her name um, I really loved her putting her um, tr- she's she's trying to make uh, stop her, her family from realising that she's that she's moving out so yes. she builds a pillow a, a pillow person in her bed and she puts her shoes at the end of it so that her little feet are sticking out yeah she's really <laughs> sweet she's really nice she's like a nice character because some of them are yeah. kind of Arses. Uh, the yeah. former pop star Kate Nash plays a British woman. Yeah, it, it took me uh, three episodes to realise that, that was her. I, I didn't think I even, I would well, know not to realise that it was her. I went on the IMDb page, obviously, because I have to IMDb everything I ever watch because it's the greatest website ever. It's like, oh my god, Kate Nash is, there, is in this. Who is she? Oh, she's the British one. She is actually one of the wrestlers. And she's playing Britannica, not because she's British, because she's the smartest woman in the world and she hits people with books. Like like Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. Maybe I could like hit you with my book. And um Knives Chow is in it as well. Is that as who it for- is? I knew yeah, I recognised fortune, her. Fortune Cookie, again, can't remember her real name. Yeah. Um is played by Knives Chow. Well, is played by the actress who plays Knives Chow in Scott Pilgrim Take. I don't know her real name. A real strong line in racial stereotypes for their characters. But hey, Yes, that is that is raised in wrestling in, in the eighties. <laughs> Yeah, that is raised in universe. That is a, a deliberate. <laughs> um, I knew I recognised her. Oh my god, it's nice shout. That's made this so much better. Oh, I love Scott Pilgrim so much. Oh. Um, so I'm really looking forward to finishing Glow. I, I mean, I could easily have just stayed in bed all day and watched it, but I didn't. Good. So that's good. Um, 
Rosie's song. Okay, my song is called Moving to the Left by Woods, which I found on Discover Weekly. Oh no, I think it was on uh, like my radio, my daily mix radio. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it's a jaunty little song, but also uh, when we last recorded, I was like, uh, the country's going to the polls and it's going to be really terrible. And then uh, I keep remembering the phrase, a hundred seat Tory majority and laughing. So having a song <laughs> called Moving to the Left is very pleasing to me. Hubris, am I right, guys? Ah, oh, great times. Let's do a segment Okay. Uh, well, Jessica and I, uh, just while well, we were chatting at the beginning of the what show. What have we read this week? What have we read this week? <laughs> I have been talking about the fact that we've both kind of got back into reading after a bit of a lull. Uh, and we thought we'd have a quick update on what we have been reading recently. Um, mm. I uh, spent 10 weeks reading Bleak House by Charles Dickens, which I really enjoyed. And I really like Charles Dickens. He's one of my favourite writers. I don't know why it took so long, because I didn't feel like there was times when I wasn't like I didn't give it up for four weeks in the middle it just took a really long time it just took a real long time they are big books and I think also yeah when you were reading it on kindle as I was it's done by percentage and obviously you know you can 40% is 40% no matter how long the book is but I think there is a difference to seeing yourself progress through the pages and uh even when I'm reading a paper book I work out sort of the, I look at how many pages there are at the back and work out my progression through it. But yeah, I do the same. Yeah, it just felt like it was going on for a really long time. Uh, but I finished Bleak House and then immediately read a book in a week and have already finished a book since then. And that was like five days ago. Okay, cool. What were the books you read in the meantime? So the next book I read was called Consider the Fork by B. Wilson, which I have now lent to Jessica and she is holding up on the screen. And it is a, um, a sort of. Mm, popular history book but it's a history of kitchen utensils and cookware and i love books like this i am very much into my um slightly more of the popular end of history sociology i love a thing with a theme like this obviously i love cooking and baking so it was all really interesting it's divided into different chapters on pots and pans and fire and knives and um a whole load about egg whisks because in a 70 year span in the u.s there were 692 patents for egg whisks because there was egg whisk fever yeah. Most of them were dreadful. Yeah, still most people use the balloon whisk. Yes. Um, so I kind of devoured that book. What What have you read recently? Um, well, I have two books on the go at the moment. Um, so I am about a third of the way through Landline by Rainbow Rowell, um, which I am reading on the train and is most enjoyable. I blame my falling out of reading on um, uh, the ability for my phone to download things from BBC iPlayer because then I can just watch those on the train and then I don't read so that is um that is detrimental also I've become addicted to the game two dots so I keep playing that instead uh which is not ideal but I'm also reading so that's my that's kind of my train book um and also at work I'm reading The Pie at Night by Stuart McConey which is um, a history of um leisure leisure time and leisure activities uh in the north of England cool basically what people do with their weekends up north. Up north. I really like Stuart McConey's books. I have read um, I do. his Cider with Roadies, which is all about um, being a music journalist. Have you read um, Pies and Prejudice? Have um, I learned that to you? No, the only one I've read is um, Cider with Roadies, and there's a really good bit where he talks about the letters that you get into music magazines, <laughs> and that I have <laughs> read out to so many people about being like, please get in touch with this man uh, from ELO. Something as to I'm... do with like birds and <laughs> yeah, lungs. Yeah, like, as I am the... Uh, I am the Lord of all darkness and I have his cormorants in my lungs. It's something like that. It really makes me <laughs> laugh. Um, uh, so since uh, I read uh, 
B. Wilson's Consider the Folk. Um, I've started two books, finished one of them. One of them is uh, The Pursuit of Love by Nancy Mitford, um, which I have read. It's sequel, Love in a Cold Climate, but not The Pursuit of Love. Uh, and already I'm only a little bit of the way in, but uh, it is making everything a lot clearer. And I feel like it probably would have been useful to read them in the right order, even though the plots, possibly, possibly, the yeah. plots don't, it really doesn't hinge on anything, but you sort of get a lot of scene and setting and character, you know, kind of obviously what's going on. Um, but that is in a collection of all of Nat- Nancy Mitford's novels, so I can't take it anywhere. It sits this kind of like a big brick um, next to my bed. That's my bedtime reading. I was reading um, when I was traveling, uh, Bellwether Rhapsody by Kate Reculia, um, beloved of uh, Dame Margaret of Two Bossy Dames, um, which she recommends a lot. And I finally read it and I really enjoyed it. It is set at a, um, a high school music competition in a big hotel where there has been a murder before. Yeah, it was really enjoyable. It was really interesting and really good. And I've, Yeah, I've been meaning to read it for at least a year, so I, I will attempt to um, locate that. And after Bleak House, I just wolfed it down. I could read about 12% of it in half an hour. Whereas usually half an hour would be like four. Very good. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, yes, this is going to go so quickly. And I mean, this isn't to say that I wanted it to be over, but as Jessica and I say, the best recommendation a film can have is that it's 90 minutes or less. Um, same with books. Yes. Um, so I'm going to go and get a train this evening because I'm going to a party. I just, I really like inhaling them. Yeah. And then also you feel like you're winning. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my spreadsheet. And then a couple of them, the books I'd read were on my reading list so as I add them to my currently reading list I could take them off the previous one so it's only like four six eight instead of four seventy books <laughs> um uh, but I'm gonna, yeah I'm gonna go and get the train tonight so I get to start a new train book I haven't quite That's decided what it's going to be it might be a paperback as opposed to a kindle I have a big stack of unread books in front of me on my Don't, shelf that I'm right even now <laughs> oh and I went and bought some poetry this week because I was in a bookshop cool. and I was like I'm gonna buy poetry cool, cool. Well, there's a poetry collection um, that I'd been looking for, and I'd, every time I was in a bookshop, I'd go in and see if they had it. And then I, recently, I haven't seen it, and then they did have it, and I was like, I'm going to buy it. It's called Rain by Don Patterson. And uh, I knew two of his poems, because my friend had sent them to me, and they were on his website, but this is his whole collection. Um, and I really love them. And the other one was um, Maya Angelou's... Still I Rise. And Still I Rise, which was an impulse. But what really drew it is uh, I love... Uh, that poem, and I love Phenomenal Woman. Um, but also, it was, although published by a different publisher, exactly the same shape and size as Don Patterson, <laughs> so they looked beautiful together, and they just made a yeah. very nice pair. Yeah, that's reasonable. That is very reasonable. So I spent money on poetry books. Um, I haven't really read a lot of poetry recreationally, but, and I don't really know how. Do you read the whole book? Do you just read it poem by poem? Like, it feels it feels like, ideally, they would be toilet books, but I don't think you can read Dr. Maya Angelou on the toilet. <laughs> no. Like, it feels a bit no. weird to be like, mm, I put these lovely poetry books into the bog, they go. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe, like, you should put them next to your bed and just read one a night or something. I don't know, and I'm sure different collections can be consumed in different ways as well. Also, I'd like to know more poetry off by heart. I was on the train recently and learned a poem off by heart, and it was really satisfying. I like to think that maybe I'd start getting up at seven instead of eight and drinking green tea and meditating and reading poetry. Very good. I mean, I do meditate and drink green tea in the morning anyway, but usually when I wake up, it's like 8.30 and I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You really need a window seat. Yeah, which I have tried doing. I've tried moving things around, but then my desk isn't central and it'll... 
Yeah, really, you need a built-in window seat. Maybe I should set fire to my desk and not have one. Or you could do that. Then I'd have space for a but window then... seat. Also, who keeps putting radiators under no. windows? Every house I've ever lived in, it's like, I get that there's a spare bit of wall, and if you put it in another bit of wall, you won't be able to put furniture against it. But then the heat just goes straight out of the window. If I have a campaign slogan, it is this. Stop putting radiators under windows, 2017. <laughs> Can we please go on to our next segment? Or have you still got books to yes. talk about? No, I've got no more books to talk about. I think my campaign slogan would be, stop that immediately. <laughs> Snacks. Uh, smoked almonds. Crack smoked brownies. Almonds. Crack brownies, yeah. yeah. Needle and fed. Needle and fed. I've done none. Okay. That's not true. I've done some gift-based things, but I, which I can't talk about. But, but I have done... Oh, I made a cake. It was supposed to be lemon, but it wasn't very lemony. Um, so, but it was tasty. It was just, it was just kind of a but standard. But I have cake. done exactly that before, which is you put in lemon juice rather than lemon uh, zest. Yeah, because I was going to make lemon curd, so I it was more economical and let's be honest, easier to buy a bottle of lemon juice. I've never purchased a bottle of lemon juice before in my life, but that's what happened. So had that, um, but then for the lemon flavor, so for the curd it was going to be fine, but then for the lemon flavor to really come through. In the, in the sponge or, and in the buttercream diet, you need zest. You need that the lemon oil. It was fine. It was quite, a, it was quite fresh, That's but thing. it wasn't it, lemony. It, yeah, it did make it a very flesh-flavoured. Flesh mm, fleshy. <laughs> made it a very, it's just bacon. I mean, I've baked with bacon before. It was very fresh, and it was, course, yeah. it was really delicious. Um, and as with all of your cakes, it was enormous. <laughs> real Yeah, real the recipe, I use a recipe by Miss Cupcake for... Um, her Victoria sponge recipe and boy howdy does it rise which is good considering you aren't using a lot of like half of the traditional cake ingredients yeah yeah it's pretty good maybe I should get a slightly wider set of um sandwich tins I have some big sandwich tins for carrot cake the recipes. problem is it it rises a lot in the middle it, I, and but it, because it's a relatively slack mixture it's difficult to put it in with a divot have you considered so, just slicing the top off so that they flatten neatly? Yeah, I have, but then like you, it kind of it feels like. Then you get make your cake. own little whoopie pie. True, true, yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, I just I just didn't do that on Sunday, so it had height, but it didn't crack. I have made them so like unstable under their own weight that the top layer has developed a sort of tectonic plate style kind of <laughs> like. Like there's a sort of been a so, uh, like a the, geographical the San shift. Antonio whatever it is fault line. Yeah, exactly. Line. It was like that fault line. That's that's kind of the word I wanted. Sort of crevasse. So I have done quite a bit of baking in recent weeks. I've made a lot of banana muffins. I baked crack brownies, which as we've discussed, uh, discussed, discussed with a D. Uh, I've baked crack brownies, which as we've previously talked about, are Nigella Lawson's chocolate brownies recipes from How to Be a Domestic Goddess, which are very Moorish. She doesn't call them that. That's that's what we call yeah, them. Yeah, but everyone knows because... But everyone knows. Because, um, so I, I gave them to people who hadn't had them Because before. there's half a kilo of sugar in yeah, them. Yeah, and I was like, you know what's so great about them? Diabetes. Um, <laughs> uh, so, and they are really delicious. And also, they are rich, but not in a way where you're like, oh God, I don't want too much. Like, you, you have yeah. a small portion and you don't feel like, oh, I couldn't have more. But you don't have a huge amount of ones. So I made Nigel Dawson's brownies. I made more Rice Krispie cakes with marshmallows in. And I've just baked some fairy cakes. Um, so that's been my baking. Uh, and my knitting is going great guns because my replacement sock needles arrived. Yes. Um, and uh, I have been able to 
continue with my smooth operator socks uh, and I did rip back quite a long way um, and redid the heel so that the striping was better because it was the first time I'd done one it wasn't quite to my taste and I've redone it and it looks a lot better and now I've got caught up and beyond to where I was within a week um, and I, in fact I probably have knitted slightly too far because I wasn't paying attention and need to rip back a few rows and start the toe <laughs> um, right. and then I've been doing lots on my Rhine Lust shawl uh, which is very repetitive right now but I am more than halfway through the garter stitch and lace work section yes I've done 6 Hooray! out of 10 repeats Unfortunately, they get bigger because you add 12 stitches with every repeat. So it is considerably so, yeah. larger than it was, but that's fine because the, at least the only bit you're adding is garter and that just rockets along as opposed to the yeah. last bit. Um, but I'm kind of really looking forward to finishing that because I think it will mean that I'll, I thought that, that was the halfway point at the end of this section. I actually now think that's more than halfway and it will get to liven up and it'll be a bit different and there's a new chart uh, and that will be really So nice. it's very much the bleak house of knitting patterns. <laughs> Boy, howdy is it. Um, and then um, I am writing a book at the moment um, and I reward myself every day I write for an hour or write a thousand words with a gold star. Every 10 gold stars I cash in for treats and I am one gold star off my next treat, which is a book of Susan Crawford's vintage knitting patterns that I have wanted for several years. So after we record this, I'm going to go and write it for an hour and download it. And then I get to cast on a jumper because I have the yarn for it upstairs. Yay! So this is very exciting. Love it when a plan comes together. Yes, because um, you would hope that work is not its own reward. It's not. Rewards are its own rewards. Obviously. Um, and that is all of my needle I've had. What have we seen this week? What have we seen this week? Oi! Uh, oh no stuff <laughs> luckily i have loads i have um some which one of them you may do anyway they're in fact the only one i seem to have managed to write down um adam scott calzone was the only <laughs> it was just really good <laughs> that's all um yes uh adam scott who played ben ben white on parks and recreation who loved calzones went to make pizza and uh, fate took its course uh, I have a couple of, uh, I have quite a few recommendations. Number one is uh, from the New Yorker. It's called The Book of Jeremy Corbyn. And it is basically a religious tract summarizing what happened in the election at the beginning of the month. A uh, hundred seat Tory majority. Oh my God. Hilarious. Look, it doesn't actually pan out that well because like the Conservatives are still in power. But um, it was, it was not what they wanted. <laughs> It was real. It was bad. not what they wanted. Um, so this is a really fun, uh, really funny New Yorker um, column by Anthony Lane called The Book of Jeremy Corbyn. There's a, um, a lady on Twitter called Shannon or Shannon Maguire um, who was at the airport and witnessed a little girl having a meltdown because her mum had packed DVDs for the trip and she only packed the boys' favourites. Because the uh, little girl would be more reasonable and mature about the fact that her dvds weren't there was the mum's argument um and the 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 brother did nothing to aid this <laughs> and then like they started singing and nearby unrelated grandparents joined in teaching them the songs in different languages and then more kids turned up and basically it was like the piper piper of hamlin so we'll uh we'll tweet a link to the thread because it's excellent um and basically i just wanted to be there yeah, because basically um, a tantrum defeated some internalised misogyny and summoned foreign grandmothers. It was like some <laughs> kind of weird international feminist conference being like, do you want to know the words in German? That's a, uh, I, I added an accent for colour. That happened. Yep. Um, Japanese grandmother inching closer. 
uh, I have another New Yorker piece which is called Writers Looking for Forever Homes and it was a um, a comedy uh, piece that uh, it was like um, cat and dog adoption listings but for weird nice. ri- writers being like this writer does well like in a, an open environment and doesn't like to see other people and should be there was an article on Curbs.com called 101 Ways to Fight Climate Change and Support the Paris Agreement because of uh, factors um, climate change uh, is uh, fighting climate change is under threat um, and so it was a way that you can make uh, small and easy changes and help fight climate change and it was really eye-opening and great I think that um, this problem will be solved if they went back to showing Captain Planet and also the Smoggies to children because then people would like care if they identified with the Sun Tots. If you are overwhelmed, Victoria Corrin wrote a column in The Guardian called Stop the World, I Need a Break, which was a list of things that she loves. And I really like it when occasionally columnists will do this and be like, isn't the world terrible? Here's what I love. Um, and it was a really nice list of like cultural and more prosaic things that she really enjoys and that make her smile. Um, that things, sounds delightful. Things that make me smile are thorough, excoriating reviews of bad movies. Um, for example, the Esquire review of the film The Book of Henry. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, a friend got in touch to say that he had, having seen me retweet it, he had read out the entire thing to his house. Um, because <laughs> The Book of Henry is a sort of uh, bad film directed by Colin Trevorrow, who made uh, Jurassic World and is going to make Star Wars. Or is he on the back of this? He's meant to be making episode nine. And the Book of Henry is just this very strange, mawkish, weird... I can't describe it. Please go and read this review. And in fact, any reviews of this film, because a lot of erudite people have had a lot of great things to say. Yeah, about it was brilliant. Film. That was a particularly good review. It was very, uh, very well written, very entertainingly written. Really entertaining. I read it on the bus and laughed a lot. And that is me done for what have we seen this week? We will speak to you in a fortnight's time. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. To find out more and to read show notes, find links and photos for this and past episodes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at say hello to rosieandjessica at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at the Day of Fun Show. Rosie and Jessica t-shirts are now available. You can shop for all your Day of Fun needs at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash ohmygreyhounds. And now you can become a monthly subscriber and support Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun at our Patreon. Just visit patreon.com forward slash Rosie and Jessica. Thanks for listening.